Hey sister, this is Misty Williams, founder of HealingRosie.com, and I'm so excited to welcome you to Rosie Radio. Tune in to find clarity, direction, and hope for your healing. New episodes drop every Tuesday. We created this show to empower you to regain control of your life and feel like yourself again. Yes, sister, it is possible. You guys, this interview that I'm about to have with my friend Monica Hershaft is going to blow your mind. I met Monica a few years ago, and it's so exciting to me to see people who've struggled with their health like I have, and like so many of you have, who've not only got their health back, which is, you know, kind of the goal for all of us is we want to get our life back and want our quality of life to come back. But she has taken everything that she's been through, and she has committed her life to serving others and helping other people get their health back too, which just, uh, I'm getting chills even as I'm saying it, because I feel so inspired by it. And so, so honored by it. There are so many people who are in this space who are in it to help other people get their life lives back like they have. But Monica has a really unique story because she grew up um, in what many consider to be a health movement too, which is the vegan movement. And she has a really interesting story about her history with um, veganism and where she's at now with food. And I want to talk a little bit about food as medicine um, during this interview, because all of us are trying to navigate this food landscape and it's tough. Like when you hear about all these different schools of thought, we have keto, carnivore, vegan, paleo. Um, a lot is, is happening on the intermittent fasting front. Like how should you eat? What's the best way to eat for your type? Like this is such a loaded, like landmine conversation. And generally the space that I like to hold for our community, the Healing Rosie community, is I don't want to get lost in the weeds of, of your conviction around food as much as I want to support you in finding out what's going to really be right for your body, right? All of us have the goal of healing. And I also think that the conversation around how we heal and what we're eating and how that affects our health is an important one. And we should all be educated and informed on what is important about food as it relates to long-term health and especially as it relates to healing our body, you know? So Monica Hershaft is a best-selling author, motivational speaker, and holistic health practitioner and nutritional consultant with advanced clinical training certification in nutrition response therapy, NRT. After 15 years building one of the top-rated holistic health practices in Los Angeles, she moved to Scottsdale, Arizona, and is now working one-on-one with people in the Phoenix area to help them get their health back. Welcome, Monica. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I am so happy for you to be here too. And I think it just would be awesome for you just to start out telling us a little bit about your story and your background and where you come from. I know that I'm not the only one that's been intrigued by your story. You've told this story at Paleo Effects and you've been in- interviewed by Ben Greenfield and Dave Asprey and a lot of other people in the natural health space who have really big followings because what you have to say on this topic is relevant and important. So I'm excited for you to be sharing with us. Thank you. Uh, well, I'm happy to share it. Basically, um, I had been born and raised vegan because my father is a well-known animal rights activist who pretty much was one of the pioneers who started the animal rights movement back in the 70s. In fact, uh, the founders of PETA and my dad kind of came up with their organizations in our living room in the 70s. <laughs> and, um, you know, my father had been a chemist and he had uh, been assigned to assess conditions at a factory farm, slaughterhouse. And back in the day, we didn't know how they treated the animals in factory farms. We had no idea. And my father's one of the people that brought that out to the public. 
and he was just so shocked with the conditions, there was no other aspect of getting animal protein other than these commercial slaughterhouses back then that people had access to. And so he became a vegan and an animal rights activist over that time. And that's how I was raised, you know, that killing animals is bad, that it's unethical and the terror that they go through and so forth. So I didn't know any different. And that's just how I was born and raised, which means that my body and my organs were developing as a vegan with that nutrition, eating a lot of soy, eating a lot of wheat. Um, and I never had any issues that I was aware of uh, for most of my life. And, you know, I was a dancer and I had a normal life and I was very athletic. And then when I was about 34, I was doing a detox program that all of my friends were doing in Los Angeles. It was very hip and trendy. And I got violently sick on this detox. And it I never recovered at that time. And no one could figure out what was wrong with me. So I was going from doctor to doctor. And every doctor I went to said, well, your labs are normal. Nothing's wrong with you. It's probably just in your head. You're in your 30s. It's probably just hormonal. This sounds emotional. You should take antidepressants or, or anxiety medication because I was having heart palpitations and I couldn't sleep. And I had the skin was coming off my face and bleeding for no reason. I don't know how I was making that up. You know, and, and I wasn't sleeping and I couldn't eat solid food. It, it was insane. All of these symptoms out of nowhere, and I had been perfectly fine, or so I thought prior to that. So basically, in my situation, um, after about five or six years of going to every doctor under the sun, um, you know, they don't, there's a lot of stuff they don't know to check for. Um, it turned out I had a really severe choline deficiency, and choline is how your phase two liver function works. So when your body is detoxing the way it's meant to, meaning that you're supposed to dump toxins in life, your body works that way. If you're, your phase one is bagging up the trash, phase two is throwing out the trash. If phase two is not working right, where do you think the trash goes? Right back in. <laughs> so that was- Many of us have had that exact problem with the trash thing. Yes, body. yes. And so that was compromised. And so then um, when you have a choline deficiency, in addition to that, that affects gallbladder, which means you can't digest fats. There's a lot of food that you won't be able to digest properly, hence the problem with solid food. And then it also impacts your nervous system because it's a form of vitamin B. So you can't calm down, you can't relax, you can't sleep, and it makes you nervous. And, and it was a very, very severe deficiency. And the detox program had me taking niacin which makes you more choline deficient. That's why I had such a bad reaction and my friends didn't because I was already building a choline deficiency over the years with a vegan diet. So that's now basically how I Where do you get sick. choline? So choline comes from red meat and eggs uh, as well as other sources, but those were the main areas that I was missing the choline from. And it's not just choline. I mean, that was what ended up being a key. There's always, if your body's like a giant game of dominoes, there's always the lead dominoes, right? And so when that thing goes out, 
and can cause your nervous system to block or switch, which we'll talk more about later. What happens is then your body won't respond to anything properly because it impacts its ability to do its job. So then as a mammal, as a body, anytime you're exposed to parasites, bacteria, uh, overgrowth of fungus, uh, viral, your body's built to fight that stuff off. They're just opportunists. But in that case, for me, my body, the bouncer was on a coffee break. <laughs> it was like, come on in. Let me yeah. feed you. <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah. And so that's one of the reasons I was so sick was not just the choline deficiency, but I was viral. I had parasites. I had bacteria. And another thing about the vegan diet is it encourages fungal overgrowth. So it pretty much is impossible to be vegan without being having fungal overgrowth. So I imagine uncovering this was really challenging and confronting for you and for your family too, I would imagine, because this is this, this, your relationship to food wasn't just about nutrition for my body. I mean, this was a spiritual perspective that your family had and sought to embody. So how did you navigate all that? Yeah, that was very tricky for me because for one thing, it wasn't being done for health reasons or for nutrition reasons. It was being done to save the animals. And a little background on where that came from is my parents are both Holocaust survivors and so what my father witnessed at the factory farm and, you know, his experience was kind of shocking because he describes walking in and body parts everywhere and blood. And that's what he witnessed in the streets in Warsaw. You know what I mean? And he, mm-hmm. this is what he went through watching his relatives be carted off in cattle cars to be killed. So it was very personal for him, which made it personal for me. Sure. Um, and uh, his whole life was devoted to it. Uh, he's he's very publicly known and speaks all over the world to this day, you know, even in his late 80s now. And uh, so what happened was, uh, this was the turning point moment. Um, I had never heard of holistic before. I didn't even know what that was. And, uh, and so a friend of mine said, oh, my brother's an osteopath. You should go see him. He was really far away, but she was like, he'll find it. And he did find, he, he, they're able to run weird labs that other regular doctors don't run. So he was able to find a problem with the liver and the phase two liver function, but couldn't fix it and didn't know why. And so I was still stuck, but at least I, I had confirmation about Mm -hmm. that there was a legitimate problem. And then, um, which is such a relief. I know. Oh, it's so it's a relief just to get any kind of label. And and one of the things I want to talk about we can get into more later is also um the fact that when you can't get a diagnosis and people don't believe you, they start to drop off and they pull out of the friendship. Um, if enough time goes by. And we can yeah. get into that a little later too. Yeah. But just to finish on what you were asking about. Um, so what happened was um, after going from doctor to doctor and I was asking, I was like, is it because I'm a vegan? Is it because you know, I had this weird feeling? No, no, no. That's got nothing to do with it. Doesn't matter what you eat. Doesn't matter what you eat. That's what I was told over and over. Yeah. And so um, basically um, this one person I went to who does the technique NRT that I do said, oh, I'm so sorry. I can't take you as a patient because you're a vegan. And I was like, excuse me. Yeah. 
the first person that ever said anything like that. And she was like, yeah, I can't, your body won't heal. And I was like, oh, what? And so uh, my father was with me at the time because uh, I couldn't take care of myself. I was so sick. I couldn't even drive at that point because I kept degrading each week that went by. And uh, so I was quiet. So your dad witnessed them saying this to you? Yeah. Interesting. But also, let me reiterate, he had been staying with me for almost a month at that point, And he saw, he didn't believe how sick I was till he came and lived with me and saw how bad it was. I mean, I, because I couldn't eat solid food, I got so skinny that a size zero was big on me. I literally just was sleeping two or three hours a night. I was freezing all the time. I was shaking. It was crazy. And I couldn't work. I couldn't do anything. And my dad, when he witnessed it, was like, oh, wow, okay, this is really a thing. And he was scared, you know? And I thought, I have some weird disease. They're going to name after me after I'm dead, like Lou Gehrig. And (laughs) I literally would go to bed at night. And sometimes I would think, I don't know if I'm going to wake up tomorrow. Uh, And also didn't know when or if I could fall asleep. But then sometimes I would pray to not wake up tomorrow because I was so tired of feeling trapped in the pain, you know, like there's no relief. You can't get a break. It's like, you're just trapped. Yeah. And it's like, I used to call it an invisible prison. So, uh, so we drove home quietly from that appointment and, um, we got home and he went into the guest room to do work and I went into the bathroom and into the shower with my phone <laughs> and I was like, I don't eat the meat. I don't eat the meat. What can I do? And then I like went to my dad and I said, uh, so she agreed to take me as a vegan because I didn't know what else to do. Like I tried everything else. Yeah. And I thought, well, I can secretly try this. And if it works, then what can he say? And if it doesn't work, he doesn't have he to doesn't know. need to know. <laughs> That's right. So, yes. So I was just desperate to get my life back and get my health back. And so it worked and it worked gangbusters. So here I am. How long? How long did it take for you to start feeling? So it went in increments because she was not able to fix me. She didn't have the same skill set that I currently have in this technique. And she was also mixing techniques. She was doing NRT and QRA and another technique. So she was like mixing three. And I'm not a fan of that. I'm a purist. I'm like, do one thing and do it well. You know, like we don't need a whole like combo platter in here. And 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 especially when you're dealing with supplementation, because a technique with a supplementation program is formulated to work as a balance. And when you bring other stuff in the mix, it's a too many cooks in the kitchen, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, um, so just from changing the diet alone, I noticed I got literally 50% better within weeks, within weeks. And then, but I didn't start eating red meat yet. Cause I, I was like, I'm drawing the line. I'm not eating the cows and the pigs. It's not happening. <laughs> you know, I'll do birds and fish and eggs. That's it. <laughs> and so I did, I did that for about a year. And then um, my dad had gone home by then because I was doing better. And, um, you know, he thought it was just the supplements that I was taking. And I was like, God, I have to tell him at some point. Cause you know, <laughs> and uh, so after a year of me getting better and better and better, 
I still wasn't a hundred percent. I was probably between 50 and 75%. And then, um, uh, I went to see another guy who was out in Malibu who charged, this was back in the early 2000s, I want to say, was charging $500 for every 15 minutes. Like, can you imagine what he charges oh, now? Moly. Yeah. And so, <laughs> but he was like, you need red meat. You're not going to get any better without it. So I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like literally. <laughs> And so I had to make peace with it. So, and we talked about this at Paleo FX, basically how I came to the ethical conclusion of, of how to make peace with it for me was I will not eat conventional animal protein where they abuse the animals. They shoot them up with hormones and antibiotics. They keep them in dark and crowded conditions. They lift them and stab them with pitchforks. They torture them. They're laying in their own filth. They have uh, sores and growths, uh, and pus, and they're laying in ammonia from the urine and it's a horrible existence. And they know they're about to be killed and they can hear all of the torture around them. They don't get any sun and it's a horrible existence. I will never, ever, ever, ever. I don't care if there's nothing else to eat. I will not eat them. I only eat pasture raised, organic grass fed, paleocentric animal protein or wild caught fish where it is done in the right way. And that's yeah. it. And you would be surprised. People are like, oh, that's impossible. What if you go to a restaurant? I'm like, guess what? Restaurants are carrying these now. They may mm -hmm. not advertise it. You just got to ask, Yeah, you know? Totally. And so that is where I draw the line so that at least I know that they didn't suffer. And that's my ethical conclusion because um, if, if, I want to live and survive. I have to eat animal protein. There is no way around it. So I do it three times a day. Yeah. All right. So you started eating red meat. Yeah. How did your journey <laughs> progress from there? When did you tell your dad? Oh, okay. So <laughs> this is sort of like, I don't know if this is okay to say, but this is like when I, back in the eighties and nineties, when a gay person would come out to their family Mm -hmm. that's what this was like for me you're coming out of the closet <laughs> that's what I get it was it. like for me and and so at first I was like hey you know how I've gotten so healthy and I now I have my life back and I'm working and I'm like a good person again after 10 years of being so sick and you know you having to take care of me and give me money because I couldn't work and because he had to pay for a lot of the health after my money ran out I was like I would have been a homeless person and that's the scary part is people dealing with illness like this that don't have family to help them out end up homeless and sick, yeah. sick and homeless, yeah. living on the street. And that's, I seriously was like, I'm either going to be dead or homeless. Those are my two choices. Yeah. And so, um, and I, and he was like, yeah, yeah, it's great. The supplements are working. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I had to start eating meat. And, you know, I kind of blacked out to the memory of how he reacted because it was so terrifying for me. Mm -hmm. But, um, but my dad's a stoic person. He's not an emotional reactor by nature, which is kind of a good thing. Yeah. It drove me crazy growing up, but then in this case I was happy. And uh, so, uh, 
he was, he was like, well, can't you just take choline? I'm like, I do take choline and I have to take choline because of the level of deficiency, but I also have to eat the animal protein. And he was like, well, when will this be over? And I'm like, it's not going to be over. I'm never going to ever, ever, ever do that again, because I don't ever want to go back to that. I never yeah. want to be like that again. Yeah. And um, so there was a lot of like bargaining and like, how can we put a cap on this? You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then once he realized that wasn't going to happen, um, then he just didn't want me to do it in front of him. And, uh, and I agreed to that for a little while. And then because he's kind of a big deal in the vegan community and he runs these huge events every year, not now he's retired, but he did since the seventies, he's been running these annual events that are like paleo FX size, you know, like mm-hmm. thousands of people coming from all over the world. And, uh, he's been on all these talk shows and I grew up watching him on the dinosaur show and Phil Donahue and CNN. And, you know, it, it was like, he, he's the face of this, you know, he's created national holidays about not eating animals and, uh, meat out and meat, meatless Mondays and blah, blah, blah. And so, um, I basically, uh, he wanted me to go to the events, but lie and not tell people. But at this point I was running a practice and I was on social media. So I was like, (laughs) I don't think that's going to work. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then it got crazy because people would find me on social media because of my name and start following me. And they were animal rights activists and vegans. And then they would see that I was posting about paleo and they would freak out, you know, how can you do this after everything your father's been through? And and I was like, I have my own journey. I have my own story. And just so much like, not just ridicule and admonishment, but threats. Like, I hope you die the way that you like, what? You hope I die? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, you know, and, uh, and it was really hard. And I, I like had to take breaks from social media during that period when it was all coming out, you know? Yeah. So does your dad know like your conviction around the kind of meat you eat? And was that reassuring him? He does. I don't think he gets it, but he does. Um, I think there's just for him, he just kind of blocks that whole topic out and just chooses not. But we did get to a point where finally I was like, look, I'm not going to not order it in front of you because I feel that I need to eat it at every meal. And if you don't let me eat it with you at a meal, then that's hurting me. So I we got to that point where I was like, I will order whatever I order when we eat and you have to be okay with it, you know, especially when he comes to stay with me. Cause I used to hide my stuff at the neighbor's house when he would come visit. And I was like, this is my house. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people can identify with navigating life into adulthood, all those family dynamics of, you know, mom and dad want you to live a certain way, be a certain way, be a certain person. You know, you come into adulthood and you have your own convictions and your own journey. And we all have to figure out how to reconcile these two parts of ourselves. You know, I want to, I want my family to know that I love them and I want them to feel respected and supported by me. And I need to live my truth and I need to be authentic to who I am. And I, I don't want to live a life where I'm hiding. I don't want to feel shame for being authentic and 
being true to myself. Yeah, exactly. And, and especially when it feels life and death and when it becomes your identity and what you do for a living and how you help people and truth be told, and I don't know if I've even said this publicly on a podcast before, but I've had some big people in the animal rights industry secretly come to me for help because they're not doing well and Mm -hmm. secretly start eating animal protein and taking the supplements that we use and supplements with animal glandulars in them from standard process, shout out standard process. And, uh, (laughs) you know, and, and I just secretly help them under the radar because it's, I'm not the only one who went through this. Yeah. Help us to understand some of the symptoms you mentioned a couple of them. Of of having withholding, like how does this manifest in the body? If someone's like, yeah, you know, I have the mystery symptom too. Let's compare notes. Right. <laughs> I believe everyone's a unique snowflake because everything depends on your history, your genetics, um, how you ate growing up. Like to, to, to just say it's because I was a vegan is not really accurate because, um, and I'm going to be super frank and honest, but you know, I'm 55 years old And I grew up in the 70s and 80s. So in the 80s, we did a lot of Coke, not going to lie. That's just what it was. It was like, it was just like drinking alcohol back then. Um, We did uh, birth control pills that would not even be on the market today. Uh You know, like the the types of hormones and the birth control pills in the 80s were insane. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was on birth control pills for 10 years. Um, none of that had to do with choline deficiency, but in terms of like everyone's unique body journey, I sure. smoked cigarettes for 20 years. Yeah. Um, and I also drank a lot because everyone drank a lot back then. And, uh, you know, I, um, I never did take antidepressants, even though they tried to get me to take them because I was like, I'm not depressed. I'm very happy. I'm just sick. (laughs) Stop telling me I'm depressed. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. But but anyway, uh, but, uh, but, you know, so I do believe like some, uh, I've had people come in with mystery symptoms who are missing an organ or, you know, maybe had a diagnosed disease in the past that's no longer there. Or, um, you know, a lot of times so many people have leaky gut from overgrowth of fungus. Um, so it is tricky to like create a profile for it. Um, because I've seen so many weird and different things. I love the weirdos. Like I love when people come in and they have, they're like, Hey, I know this is going to sound weird, but my bladder is <laughs> falling out of my vagina or like, you know, like, <laughs> and I'm like, that's cool. It's probably muscle integrity. We'll work on that. You know, <laughs> like, totally. you know, just because everyone's got something weird or they think their thing is weird and maybe it's not. But um, generally speaking, it really manifests as a different combo platter for each person. Um, I'm also finding it to be very different generationally speaking, because I only had six vaccines being born in the 60s, but they require 74 vaccine dosages now when a baby's born and they're giving them vaccines earlier now, like at, at birth or before birth, even in utero or like, you know, the vaccine schedule is a little insane. They're combining vaccines. They never used to do that. So 
a lot of those people are more compromised in a different way. There's more neurological issues. We also didn't have cell phones and computers when I was growing up. So we weren't dealing with EMF and 5G and all of that stuff. Um, the pesticides being used in this country now were not being used when I was growing up. You know, so it's a very different world. And depending on when you grew up and if you're Gen X or a boomer or a Gen Z or a millennial or whatever, it's different because you're growing up while your body was developing environmental toxins and so forth are different. And that being said, it's a huge difference when I see somebody who grew up in another country where the European Union protects their people more so against GMOs and the types of pesticides and toxins being used in beauty and skincare. And they are eating more organ meats and so forth and, and real food and not as much processed food as we eat here. And then they come to this country and get sick within a year. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is a really confronting thing that we all have to reckon with when we start realizing that our bodies aren't functioning well and we want to get our lives back. We have to like do a full evaluation of our entire lifestyle. And it's it's confronting. Yeah. I remember I remember like kind of coming to terms with you've got to stop eating gluten. And, you know, just a lot of these things when I when I first started out, I did the same thing you did. I went from doctor to doctor. I started exhibiting all these symptoms after they took out my left ovary and diagnosed me with endometriosis and, um, and everything was normal after that. And I'm like, I am definitely not normal and I am doing worse than I was doing before, you know? And then I ended up having mercury filling improperly drilled for my mouth two years later. Most likely I was living in this beautiful Victorian that was built in 1892 in Nashville, Tennessee what are the what are the odds of me picking up mold while I was in that house? Which we just discovered last year. So Ugh. yeah. So I mean it's it's really it's really confronting, but it's it's it is the environmental stuff. Like when I look at at my whole journey and think like what made me sick, I I had a lot of um little T trauma. I had big T trauma as a child too. The little T trauma is, I think, what did the biggest number on me, right? So the little T trauma of basically being way overly responsible as a kid and kind of being conditioned to take on way more responsibility than my nervous system really could handle. Yeah. So I had I had that. And then I we likely lived in some moldy places when I was growing up. We ate everything out of a box. Yeah, macaroni and cheese, right? that's, hamburger that's helper. Generation. Yeah. Yep. So everything came out of a box that wasn't a great diet. Mm -hmm. Yep. So when I, when, when I had my come to Jesus time and I'm trying to, I found the paleo ancestral health space before I found the practitioner that could really help me. And for me, it's been practitioners kind of like for you too, because you go to different ones and they're helping you in different ways. Um, But massive, massive lifestyle changes had to happen so that I could do in this country. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really confronting and hard in the beginning, but you know, it's second nature. That's exactly right. I think we should unpack this a little bit for people because I know there's women in our community that come and they hear, they see the conversations happening in our Facebook group, especially, um, and see the kind of changes. And like, it's, it's the same thing that come up came up for me at the time was like, number one, how do I afford this? Number two, it's so daunting just to figure all of it out. You know, it just feels overwhelming. Um, so how do I afford it? How do I even 
really know what to do. And then what am I going to do instead? Like, yeah, I take out gluten like back then gluten was a really big deal for me. Now it's like, I mean, it's been over a decade, you know, who cares? I could go the whole rest of my life and it would be fine. Same. Um, But yeah, it was, it was big and confronting. And I'm sure that you go through this with your patients too, of like, we have these changes to make. Yeah. Holy cow. But the thing that's cool with my patients is that I have an online program that they do that's a 12-week long program that covers things in increments so it's not overwhelming. It's on a gradient. It's like, here's why we don't do pesticides. Here's what the pesticides do to you. Here's the ones that are used in this country. So stop doing that. You know what I mean? Then next week, you know, here's about the tap water. It's got chlorine and fluoride. And here's what that does to you. And they're like, oh, okay. Uh, You know, but also the other thing that's cool is when we work with patients is that because I'm muscle testing them every week, then every 90 days, we do a reevaluation visit where we go through and see their levels through the muscle testing of the toxins. Like, the aluminum and we go, okay, maybe you're getting aluminum in your daily life. What kind of cookware are you using? So they can see, oh, this is what's impacting my body. And this is how mm-hmm. I can get rid of it. And this is how I can replace it. So then yeah. we're like, okay, the next time you buy any perspirant, make sure that you get a aluminum free or, you know what I mean? Sure. So that it's done in a way that's manageable. Yeah. For me, I remember, I remember starting to replace things as I ran out. Yeah, exactly. That's the best way. Yeah. Yeah. As I ran out. Or, you don't have to do or, everything all at once. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It makes it a lot Actually, easier. It would shock your body if you did. Yeah. The elephant doesn't have to be eaten in one bite. You can you can eat it one bite at a time and over yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> so eventually you became a practitioner. Mm-hmm. So you went through your journey. You got your life back, your quality of life back, and you became yeah. a practitioner. And... Probably the same thing that drove you to become a practitioner is the same thing that drove me to build the Healing Rosie community. I just was finding out that so many people were struggling like I was and good support was really hard to find. Like, how do you navigate all of this? It's overwhelming. And I felt a drive to make sure that I was um, doing everything I could to be a contribution to women that I cared about. So I'd love to kind of hear your practitioner story. Like, yeah. How did all of that come about for you? Well, you know, I kind of made a pact. And at the time, so my dad's an atheist and I don't know what I am. I'm just open to things. I feel like I'm sort of more spiritual. Like even though we're Jewish, we didn't celebrate like, or we weren't religious in any way. And, um, and I was like, I don't know what's out there, you know, whether I've guides or it's like, you know, the universe or whatever. But I was like, if you get me out of this and get me feeling like myself again, I will do everything in my power to help others avoid this. I mean, they made a pact. So then when it happened, I was like, all right, I made a pact. Yeah. And, uh, and so that drove me, but I also was so pissed. I was so pissed that it took so long to find the answers And I was so pissed at the way I was treated by every doctor I went to. I was made to feel like a hysterical female, like I was overreacting, like I was being dramatic. And I was like, something needs to be done. This Mm -hmm. is not okay. Mm -hmm. And that's what drove me to do it. I mean, I gave up everything that made me who I thought I was and took on a completely new identity. And uh, from a place of honestly, anger, motivational anger, um, gall, uh, you know, and 
I think the thing that makes this work so fascinating to me, and it was the only thing that worked for me because I tried everything. I would go to other states and see specialists. I literally did everything a person could do to try to figure out what was wrong with them. I did anything and everything. Um, and I, uh, I love this technique and what's so special and unique about it. And I think the reason why it blew up and got big so fast and every time I've opened in a new area, or if I, when I first started the practice, it blew up really fast. And then even moving to Arizona now we're really busy. Uh, it's only been a few months that we've been here. And I think it's because we can discover the blocks to healing through this technique and address that because so many people go to get things done and it works at first, but then it stops working or they get better, worse, better, worse, or it doesn't work at all, or it works, but then it doesn't last. And this technique addresses all of that because we're able to determine if the nervous system is blocked or switched, which I have a whole video that explains what that means. But in a nutshell, Basically, if you have, it could be any type of a physiological stressor like bacteria, fungus, parasites, virus, doesn't matter if your labs are normal or if they find something that's not even relevant to this, Um, or if you're missing an organ, or if you have scar interference in a certain place on a certain meridian, uh, especially the midline of the body, or if you're eating terribly, um, or if you have uh, heavy metals, uh, you were talking about the fillings in your teeth, chemicals, if it's to a point where your nervous system cannot manage it on its own, and it's like drops in a bucket, it overflows, the body can't manage it. The nervous system becomes reversed, meaning your sympathetic and your parasympathetic actually reverse. And that causes switching, which means any treatment you try won't work unless you're addressing the thing that's causing the switching. And when that goes unaddressed for too long, it becomes blocking where it's like you're pushing on the brakes and the gas at the same time. You're like, and then the body won't respond to any treatment. So that's the phenomenon. And so we're able to determine Uh, Trina Felber talks about this publicly. She went everywhere for years and she just kept getting sicker and sicker. And it kind of started after she had her twins in her forties and progressively got worse. She had an old broken tailbone from back in the day that got reactivated when she gave birth. And I had to put her on a bone and joint supplement because that was the midline of her body. It was right at the bottom of her vertebrae her spinal. And, uh, and until we got her on high doses of this bone and joint supplement, that was a bovine glandular, her body wouldn't respond to anything else. And she was just constantly sick and couldn't breathe well or anything. And then as soon as she got that supplement, then her body started to respond to everything properly. So it's amazing what the blocking and switching phenomenon can do. Yeah. I'm actually thinking as you're talking about that, I'm thinking of my mold toxicity and how it gets to the point where the body's just not responding at all to anything that I'm doing, especially I had gained about 18 pounds and I could not, I did like none of the tricks worked. Yeah. The body was not letting go and yeah. identifying that upstream stressor and like what's really creating the, the dis-ease in your body is crucial, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, I would love for you to just share with us how people can work with you. I know that you are local in Scottsdale. Um, Mm -hmm. I would love for you to share how people can work with you. And if um, I'm excited about people knowing about this modality, because there are practitioners all over the country. So tell us a little bit about both. 
So uh, absolutely. So it's so funny because there are practitioners that do this modality. There are not practitioners that do it to the level that I do it, unfortunately, because there are certain patterns that have developed that I've witnessed over the years that made it so that I'm able to get a very high percentage of people to a point where they can actually reach completed and done and and don't and they don't have to come back once they finish the program. Their body's working the way it's supposed to again. Um, and I've had some people approach me about sort of developing a technique from that and taking it to that level and teaching people how to do that. So that is something we're talking about right now. But in the meantime, people can work with me if they're local, obviously in the Phoenix Scottsdale area, um, by going to my website at monicahershaft.com. We also have a free immune repair food list at monicahershaft.com slash food. And you can get started with the way that we recommend people eat on there. But um, there's also, um, I I think it's under, if you go to nutritionresponsetesting.com, I believe you can search for a practitioner near you that does a similar technique. It won't be exactly what I do, but it's very similar. And they also... um, they don't do the reverse blocking that I do, meaning finding the hidden, hidden stuff, but they can still determine blocking and switching. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, and they do the muscle testing as well. So it's definitely worth it because just having someone being able to find something wrong with you is half the battle and just getting the legitimate uh, you know, diagnosis for lack of a better word. I hate the word diagnosis, but But, you know, I think the hardest part about mystery illness or any type of illness where it's not like labeled cancer or something like that, you know, you don't want to go around praying for cancer because you want people to treat you seriously, you know, and it's like you people tend to drop off. They tend to feel like, okay, she doesn't have a diagnosis. Like when is this going to, does she just want attention? And not to sound, um, I just love the, uh, the real housewives series on Bravo. And so the, there was a housewife, Yolanda, uh, who had Lyme disease and, and disease from her breast implants. And she was really sick and couldn't get it figured out for the longest time. And there were scenes of all the other housewives talking about how she just wanted attention. It's Munchausen's. She's, uh, yeah. we see her on Instagram. She's not really sick. And she was legitimately sick. And she ended up, they found Lyme and they found this breast implant illness. And, you know, it was really hurtful. She pretty much lost most of her friends and her husband left her. It's like, that's what happens to people that are going through this who can't get a real diagnosis. So we need to make a change so that people can get legitimate support from the people in their lives and not feel like a pariah because they don't have a cancer diagnosis, you know, nothing against people who can get that legitimate diagnosis, but there's a ton of us out here dealing with real problems that just because we don't have the label doesn't mean that they're not interfering with your life. And so that's what this is about is, is really creating a community so that those people get the support they need. Yeah. I think this is something that women have been dealing with for hundreds of years, really in some form or fashion, you look back at um, women being put in insane asylums. It was super easy for them to get committed. All they needed was a husband who said, they need to be committed, you know, no yeah. rights, no say. I had a man um, reach out wow. to me after I did fix for female hormones. Um, and it was the most beautiful email. I read the email. I remember our, Roderick and I, my partner had a new relationship at the time. We were out in California riding in his convertible. I'm reading this email and I'm just bawling in the passenger seat because this man 
was telling me about his wife who had passed away a couple of years prior and she had gone through all the things that you're describing where she was sick and she couldn't get a diagnosis and he would go to doctor's appointments and the doctors would be like, you know, your labs are normal and things are fine. And because he, as the husband, heard a doctor whom he saw as the authority tell him that his wife was fine, he started basically treating her like, why are you being such a hypochondriac, right? Why are you acting this way? And yeah. um, and she ended up dying. Yeah, and that's what happens. The, the regret that he felt, you know, like not being able to save his wife and he really, really loved her. And he sees in hindsight that he didn't support her how she needed to be supported. Yeah. And you know, he lost her. And now he gets to live the rest of his life with the regret of that. Mm-hmm. So this is very real. I mean, this is, yeah. this deeply affects all of our lives. I'm thinking about my cousin, Jan, who passed away a couple of years ago from all of her labels and diagnoses. But, you know, she basically went to the doctor and they would treat her symptoms and give her all these drugs, but they never, they never got to the root cause of what was wrong with her. And there's a part of me that feels like they killed her. You know, they killed her because they didn't care enough to really help her reverse what was happening in her body. And she heard the same thing about food. It doesn't matter. I'm seeing the same thing with my parents. When my dad goes, he has like this GERD thing that he, he's taking He's taking uh, the proton pump inhibitors right now because he doesn't like the acid reflux feeling that he gets. And they tell him that diet doesn't matter and this stuff doesn't matter. So it's very important work that you're doing, Monica. And it's important work that we're all doing in this space, trying to help people get to the bottom of what's going on in their bodies and really deeply heal. So I'm grateful for you and for the ways that you've committed your life to contributing to lifting the boats for all of us. And I'm grateful that we have a space in the last 10 years that I've been journeying with all of this. This didn't exist 10 years ago where there was podcasts and people having these conversations and helping yeah. me find resources. Absolutely. So the world is changing and I'm honored to be part of that change. And I'm so grateful that you are part of that change as well. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was such a pleasure. Yes. Well, stay tuned, everybody. We've got more coming for you and we'll see you later. Bye for now. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening. I hope you're feeling more empowered to overcome your flabby, foggy, and fatigued and to reclaim your life. If you haven't subscribed yet, don't forget to hit that subscribe button right now so you don't miss any of our episodes. We have some awesome shows coming right up. I love reading your reviews and comments too. They inspire me and encourage other Rosies to hang out with us and learn all these amazing strategies for healing and living our best lives. Till next time, sister. Bye. Bye.